Hello, and welcome to the October 21st episode of Investing Beyond Borders, a podcast from Miranda Law Firm that brings you regular insight on investment opportunities and legal and regulatory updates from throughout the Miranda Alliance world. This week, we bring you news on major infrastructure developments in Angola, natural gas developments in Mauritania and Mozambique, oil and gas news in the DRC, Santo Tomé and Timor-Leste, and other major developments in our jurisdictions. Sit back, relax, and enjoy investing beyond borders. Diana, over to you. We start this week's episode with news from Angola, where the Economic Commission of the Council of Ministers approved the general basis for drawing up the National Development Plan for 2023 to 2027. The plan will be aligned with the 2022 to 2027 government program and is focused on the development of human capital, the modernization and expansion of the country's infrastructure, and the intensification of the economic diversification process. The fulfillment of this plan and Angola's overall development in the upcoming years will greatly depend on the success of programs implemented in the key sectors of energy and water, mineral resources, oil and gas, and agriculture and forestry. The government pointed out that several plans are already underway to respond to the needs of the growing population and highlighted the opening of several credit lines resulting from the cooperation with the World Bank. Within the scope of this cooperation, the World Bank has made over 2 billion US dollars available to invest in development projects in Angola, aimed at improving the standard of living of the population. The World Bank is already working with Angola on water and social protection programs and has stated that there is room for deepening the relations between the two, especially when it comes to job creation and diversification of the country's economy. It was recently announced that the construction of the Luanda Light Rail will start in the next five years. Estimated at 3 billion US dollars and developed by German company Siemens Mobility, the 149-kilometer line will link the city center and the port of Luanda, improving mass mobility in the country's capital. Alongside the light rail, other major infrastructure projects are being developed, such as new airports in Cabinda and Mubanza, Congo, new railway lines and improvements in the country's ports. These developments, as well as improvements in access roads, telecommunications, power and water, and other public services, are essential to Angola's positioning as one of the main tourist destinations of the southern and central Africa region, as announced by Angolan President João Lourenço. In order to achieve such status, the president promised to create, in partnership with the private sector, conditions of excellence in priority tourist areas such as Cabuledo, Luanda Sul, the Casa Project, which involves the provinces of Bié, Guando Cubango and Moshiko, Yona Park in the Namibe Desert, and Calandula Falls in Malange. He also emphasized that tourism infrastructures must be modernized, providing other services to create a more favorable environment for tourism and to boost demand. Foreign direct investment in Cape Verde increased 5.7% in the first six months of 2022 to over 44 million euros. Mainly directed at the tourism sector, foreign direct investment in the archipelago has been led by Portugal, with an overall investment of 8.9 million euros. FDI in the country has come mainly from Portugal and Spain, with the first developing activities in the areas of trade, including food and beverage distribution, hotels and restaurants, and construction and metal, among others, while the latter's activities are mainly related to the fisheries and hospitality sectors. 
In Cameroon, the national oil company SNH has just launched an international tender for the pre-qualification of oil companies to operate the Mavia onshore oil field in the Douala Kribi Campo Basin. To ensure that bidders understand all the relevant details, SNH will organize a mandatory preparatory meeting and a visit to the site for all interested parties. Applications must be submitted by the 3rd of November 2022. Meanwhile, in Gabon, private equity fund Carlyle Group is considering selling the Gabon-focused oil and gas producer Asala Energy to capitalize on surging global energy prices. Asala Energy operates several production licenses in Gabon and currently has a production capacity of approximately 50,000 barrels per day in the West African country. Asala also owns a non-operator interest in the Tsiangi production license, as well as production infrastructure, including on shore pipelines and an export terminal at Gamba. The sale process should be launched in the coming weeks and could earn Carlisle 1 billion US dollars. Member of the Commonwealth since June this year, Gabon wants to open itself to new investment opportunities, having signed a partnership agreement with the Commonwealth Business Council. The goal of this agreement is to support the increase of investments of Commonwealth actors in various national sectors of activity, including the timber industry. Equatorial Guinea is ready to do more to be considered a business-friendly country, having held the eighth meeting of the National Technical Committee for the improvement of the business climate and the competitiveness of the economy. The meeting served to review the agreements approved at the last meetings, as well as to promote the activities of the Technical Committee and to present a new approach adopted by the World Bank Group to assess the business and investment climate. The country understands that attracting investment is a cross-cutting issue that requires a multi-agency action, which is why the committee comprises ministerial departments such as finance, public works and labor, as well as state institutions such as the National Development Agency of Equatorial Guinea, among others. Meanwhile, Mauritania keeps boosting its industrial investments after finding new gas reserves off its coast. The country will start producing liquefied natural gas for the first time in November or December of next year, with production originating from the Grand Tartu-Ammenheim gas project in the Gulf of Guinea, located offshore on the Mauritania-Senegal border. The field, considered one of the largest in the Gulf of Guinea, could produce up to 10 million tons of LNG per year at a total cost of 4.6 billion US dollars. In total, Mauritania has gas reserves of 100 trillion cubic feet, which is attracting the interest of international energy markets. Industry experts believe that with the start of the exploitation of the discovered gas reserves, Mauritania will become the third largest gas exporter on the African continent and might become a great energy ally for the European Union. Despite its gas wealth and political stability, Mauritania still relies on investments from foreign companies to boost its gas industry, namely regarding infrastructure for gas extraction and the construction of liquefaction and storage plants. Mozambique is also exporting the first tanker of liquefied natural gas from the Kural Sul platform in the Ruvuma Basin by the end of the month. The project, which is run by a consortium led by Italy's ENI, is expected to produce 3.4 million tons of gas per year. The construction of additional liquefaction facilities in the Ruvuma Basin is also in the pipeline and could serve as a major new LNG supply option to global markets. 
In the meantime, the government is considering privatizing Mozambique Airlines and the telecommunications company Temcel. A privatization process is one of several scenarios considered for restructuring the two companies and rescuing them from financial difficulties. A decision should be made by December. The World Bank is to provide Mozambique with around 1.6 billion US dollars in financing for the implementation of various public infrastructure projects, including roads and bridges, water supply and sanitation systems, water resource management infrastructure, and post-disaster reconstruction. Among the ongoing projects are the integrated development of rural roads, safer roads for socioeconomic integration in Ampula, and trade and connectivity in southern Africa, as well as projects for urban sanitation, emergency recovery, and resilience post-cyclones Idai and Kenneth. With regard to the management of water resources, plans for urban water security have been drawn up, as well as those for improving the water storage infrastructure for water security and resilient economic growth in Mozambique. Finally, urban development programs in northern Mozambique are also underway, notably in Nicala, Nampula and Montepuez. The Democratic Republic of the Congo has received bids from nine qualifying companies for three gas blocks on Lake Kivu, put up for auction last July. The bids were all from privately held U.S. and Congolese companies, and the hydrocarbons minister said he aims to have production-sharing contracts signed by the end of the month. The auction of the three gas blocks in the country's east is part of a licensing round that included 27 onshore oil blocks. In Saint-Main-Prince, the GALP and Shell Consortium has confirmed the existence of an active petroleum system in the archipelago. The discovery followed the drilling of the Jaca well in Block 6 of the exclusive economic zone of Saint-Main-Prince by the Maersk Voyager drillship. Despite the technical success and encouraging results, there is still no evidence that the prospect has a recoverable potential large enough to be commercial, which is why the focus is now on the appraisal of the discovery to outline the next steps. Aiming at a clear regulation for the provision of services to the national petroleum industry and promoting effective participation of Saint-Domingue citizens and companies in the oil and gas sector, a new legal regime for the provision of services to the national petroleum sector was recently published by means of Decree Law No. 22-2022 of 14 of September 2022. This new statute establishes inter alia the terms and conditions pursuant to which service providers must be registered with the National Petroleum Agency, the tax regime to which service providers are subject in Saint-Domingue-Prince, and the obligation of the authorized persons to submit quarterly procurement. In addition, by means of Decree Number 47-2022 of 20 September, the government of Saint-Domingue-Prince approved amendments to the model production sharing contract. Over in Timor-Leste, Prime Minister Taur Matanhuac met with the CEO of Australian oil company Woodside, where both reiterated a willingness to partner in the development of the Greater Sunrise Field offshore Timor-Leste. The issue of Greater Sunrise was also the dominant theme of the state visit that the President of the Republic, José Ramzorta, made in September to Australia, at a time when the debate about the future development of the Greater Sunrise project is intensifying. Timor-Leste holds over 56% of the Greater Sunrise Project in partnership with Woodside and Osaka Gas. 
The Greater Sunrise is located 150 kilometers southeast of the country and 450 kilometers northwest of Darwin. In what is seen as a possible boost to Timor-Leste's ambition to liquefy Greater Sunrise gas on the country's south coast, the Australian government this week appointed former Victorian Premier Steve Brax as the country's representative for the Greater Sunrise project. Mr. Brax has been involved in Timor-Leste for many years, having previously served as advisor to Timor-Leste Prime Ministers Shanana Guzmão and Rui Araújo. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Investing Beyond Borders. We will be back in two weeks' time with more developments in the Miranda Alliance world. Please join us then for more news from the 19 Miranda Alliance jurisdictions. In the meantime, you can drop by our website or LinkedIn page, where you will find more updates on our activity and legal developments of interest to our clients and followers. This podcast was brought to you by Miranda Law Firm and Miranda Alliance. You can find out more about our worldwide activities and assistance to investors at www.mirandalawfirm.com. This episode was presented by Diana Teodoro from our Lisbon office and Luis Miranda from the Houston office. Content was developed exclusively for Miranda by the Miranda Alliance podcast team. Technical support is provided by Catarina Moraes from our communications department. All content is subject to copyright and protected by law.